Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 10.20 p.m. on Monday, August 10th. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shoyola. And we're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, where we help millennials see God's design for faith, smart dating, and marriage. Pretty much, we share tools for millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, and prepare them for family if that is a current desire they have. All right, now before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where you can keep the convo going with us after the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the site, marriagefamillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash Millennials. Rose Twitter and IG handle are at Rochelle Shoyola, and mine is at Samuel Shoyola. So feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for you. <laughs> Last thing, if you've been following, or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site, from workbooks to our new 25 questions to ask while dating, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. What's going on? Hey guys, uh, welcome back to another podcast. Um, how you guys doing? How you guys holding up? Um, if you're listening to this, it's actually Tuesday. We're recording this tonight to release it tomorrow. And uh, our marriage is officially two years old. Yeah, ma'am. Aging like fine wine. um yeah man and that's why we're here we're pretty much doing our anniversary podcast um we're feeling extremely grateful just to get um to this point in our marriage um just you know just seeing how far the lord has brought us and all that stuff um so we're pretty much excited tomorrow we're pretty much going to be busy sam still has to work um i'm still on maternity leave but um, um, when Sam gets home, we have a nice evening planned, so um, I'm excited <laughs> about that. If Hill wasn't so small, we would have been on a plane somewhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, th- we are happy for the trade-off of having Hill anyway. So yep. um, we're going to just chill at the crib and um, just do something really, really sweet. So, yeah, man. All right. And before we get started, let's go ahead and click on that subscribe button. Uh, We're going to share this podcast and like it if you like our content. Visibility does matter to us, and we want this message to not only hit your ears, but everyone else's as well. Rochelle and I love doing this from the bottom of our hearts, free of charge, and all we ask is that you spread the love. Yep, can't beat that. All right, so we're going to jump in. Again, like we said, today's podcast is all about year two. Um, We've actually picked the same topics from year one. Year one, we did a podcast. um, And so we picked the same kind of topics just so that, you know, you can see our marriage journey over the years. And we hope to do one year three, year four, and so forth. Yeah. So we'll kind of pick the same topics so you can just kind of be able to compare and contrast just how um, we're growing and just how things are going over the years. (laughs) So. This is the record. Right. So, all right. Um, So the first thing we chose last year was friends. And this is in no order of importance per se. These are just the topics and the orders that we did last year. So we just kind of did the same thing. All right. So friends, how did we do this year as it pertains to um, just the fellowship we had? 
Um, I mean, I think that we, we definitely got close with a couple other married couples. Um, uh, and that is by way of pregnancy and probably by way of COVID. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. So, um, last, when we first got married in our first year of marriage, we were in a covenant group. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a married covenant group with a bunch of like, probably like three or four other married couples that were around our age. And so we were able to um, bond with, I think, like, two of those couples and get really, really, like, um, um, close. The, and then um, one of the couples, they have three kids. And then the other two couples, ourselves and the other couple, we both ended up getting pregnant. Right, <laughs> And so, um, yeah, so then the other couple was, like, um, like, I, like, literally, I think we both had our babies, like, a day apart. Yeah, we had it was, it was, and, we had a baby, and then they and, had a baby next day. Right, and so um, the couple with three kids was like, "Let me take you on this journey of like preparing for parenting," and so so preparing for parenting. Yeah, and so basically, we were just kind of like fellowshipping with each other for like a whole six weeks, and we just kind of bonded outside of even that, the girls and the guys. And so, um, yeah, so like you know, we've definitely bonded with other um, married couples. So that has been really sweet. Yeah, man, it's been a really good um, time just to see other people go through uh, very similar stages in life as you. And, uh, you know, and then therefore you can share your parts of the journey with one another and, and that kind of helps you. Uh, I know with the fellas we've uh, started, like, you know, doing weekly prayer groups and stuff like that. So I'm very excited about those type of things um, and what um, those those relationships with those couples will blossom yeah. into. And even, like, we've had... Uh, and you're right. You said COVID, too. Like, us doing that, we had a lot of Zoom game nights and oh, yeah. stuff like that. So that's been really fun. So, yeah, man, the, the, that'll do it. Like, you know, COVID, Just to see, like, yeah. you get to see, like, which couples are more competitive. You get to see, like, the dynamic between people, how everybody else kind of operates with one another. It's really, it's really a blessing. I'm telling you. Yeah, and we're all believers, so it's just refreshing. Like it's just, it's just friendship done right, and it's just great. Um, yeah. So our next point here in regards to friendships are um, friendships with older couples. Yeah. So I mean, um, we there are a few older couples that we um, are in pretty consistent contact with Mm -hmm. and we've kept in consistent contact with them. And, um, uh, those couples, I I think they would even say that, um, when it comes to our marriage, it's just been, it's, it's been good to see us kind of grow. Um, not so many, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reporting on one another to the old couples like we used to. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But like, yeah, it's been um it's been good to just kinda hang with them and just, you know, see how their families have grown up because especially now, like, it's one thing to hang with the older couple. They have kids, they got a whole family and their kids are grown, you know what I'm saying, at this point. Mm-hmm. But um or some some of them are still a little small. But um uh with their kids having with them being so much further down the road there wasn't as much you could relate to, but you try your best to um, to try to even, you know, find your place within their family dynamic as well. And then they've been so gracious to, you know, to allow that for us to grow with them. Yeah. But now that we ourselves kind of have kids, it, there's a little bit more of a, there's a different level of, of attention that we're paying to their family structures than we used to. Okay. Um, 
I would say um, I would encourage any um, young married couple to find an older couple that you can trust and like be friends with. And I say that because um, on one hand, you have the young millennials who just want to do it everything their way. They don't want any counsel. And that's not healthy. Um, But then on the other hand, you have, it's a rare dynamic for an adult to be able to level with you and not feel like you are like under them. Right, right. Um, and so if you can find an older married couple that truly views you as adults, even though you might have an age gap in between you guys, and truly views you guys as friends as opposed to like them being your parent or like something like that, like if you can find that, you got a gem and we found it. And right, <laughs> so right. I, I I encourage you to find that because um, you know, Aside from, aside from being friends where, you know, you can laugh and stuff like that, it is a sweet, there's a sweet, sweet spot to be able to have someone walk alongside you, especially if they're a believer, while also being able to pour into you because of the wisdom that they have accumulated over the years. Right. Usually, you're friends with your peers and none of you really have the wisdom you know you guys just hope for the best we're all winging it we're just with our peers right but if you have a married couple that will pour into you with the wisdom they have that's great yep yeah so another thing we were thinking about this year was like our idea of what friendship just in general kind of means to us yeah um i think like i have one I have one thing that we've done, and Sam has one thing that we've done. Um, for me, I think um, my point to I'm going to add is that we have kind of just become clear on just being more intentional. Like, you know, taking our lives, taking a step back off of social media in regards to sharing everything. Like, I think, like, I just really felt like there's just so much going on online. Like there's so many people here. There's so many friends that you're that that you don't even know. Like I think about my Facebook friends and I'm like, I see some people on my feed and I'm just like, how did I even become friends with you? Like was this in high school or something? Like I don't right. even and so it's just like a lot of fluff online. And I think that like we really wanted to peel away um this year and just become more intimate, um, be able to serve more intentionally, better you can only do that when you're getting your hands dirty and doing life with people for real, for real. Yeah. And um, I just think that we long for that, and that's what we wanted. And it's not really a common thing, you know. Everyone kind of goes with the, the the regular rigmarole of life and social media posting and all that stuff. It's not like a common um, millennial thing to really be intentional with your friend group sometimes. Um, but we wanted that. We felt like that's what... Um, at least I felt like that's what God calls us to be as community. And so um, that's definitely something that we've implemented this year. Um, Sam kind of has a similar um, point. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a subset within that. So like even amongst those friends that we are um, doing life with, um, we would definitely say that we, well, at least I would definitely say that um, when it comes to our our view our views, I am also not only just trying to be a like to to be able to call you friend, but I just want to be a friend in the moment. 
Um, and that's for all transactions. Like, even for acquaintances that I just meet, like, you know, here and there, uh, if I don't see you all the time, I still want to be a friend to you in the moment. Um, and it's it's kind of like, what I think I touched on in a previous uh, episode, we talked about transactional. And it's just like, from, from each transaction that we have with one another, I want you to be able to say that, you know, he was very, very much so a friend of mine. Yeah. And um, to wrap up the friends point, um, just the joy of reconnection with old friends. Um, last year, we talked to you guys about how we were reconnecting with old friends. And we've just continued doing that. We've continued to build on those relationships that we um, were walking into um, in the beginning. And now here we are a year later, um, just with more depth to them. Yep, exactly. So, our um, next segue was about family. Family. Yeah, ma'am. Um, and I think uh, this last 365 days um, has taught us to value family and the value of family. Um, yeah. Overall, I would say definitely that family is something that I mean, it's just natural. Once you once you start to have children, it's one of those things. I think, well, it's not necessarily natural. I think it goes both ways. I think there are people who are already very, very connected to their family despite not having children just yet. But I think um, for us, it definitely hit home because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we're bringing this child into the world, and it's not only a child; it's an <clears throat> it's a niece. It's a it's our daughter. It's a niece. It's a it's a, um, a it's a granddaughter. You know what I'm saying? It. it She's so many things to so many different people. So, um, you know, we those just, those connections, like... We just became a lot more family-oriented, like, and even though we were kind of, were big on that already, um, when I got pregnant, I definitely, like, Sam definitely stepped up how family-oriented he already was. And just, like, the value of family just became greater for us. Um, like Sam said, just the weight of it all. Um, and just knowing how many different parts are connected um, to this child we have. Yeah, we're just seeing different as different facets of this this uh, f- this diamond I would call this family. Like, it's it's really truly a gem, and it's a beauty to behold. And to see your you know your brothers uh, in a different light, to see your parents in a different light. Um, see your in-laws in a different light and see how the, all those interactions are just starting to flourish. And, and um, you know, we thank God. We thank God mostly for everything, honestly, for for the way that um, he's used many of these events to bring, to bring us together and uh, help us value even more so uh, what we might have taken for granted in the past. Yep. Um, also, in regards to family, we got closer with our in-laws, um, so that has been really, really cool. Um, part of that due to COVID, um, um, <laughs> we we are, we, yeah. um, we had some family, um, they pretty much were in New York, and so they kind of came down here and spent a lot of time yeah. um, down here, so we were able to bond and have fun and you know, just chat it up and sit by the fireplace many nights and just, just have fun. And so, yeah. um, and just ever since that, you know, we've just kind of kept in touch and that's been great. So that's been fun as well. Yeah. I mean, um, I would definitely, uh, co-sign that 
all day, every day, because when it comes to the in-laws, um, you know, when it comes to Rochelle's mom, when it comes to my brothers and even Rochelle's sister and stuff like that, like we've, we've, we've been reaching out my parents. Yeah. Like we've been reaching out to all of them and just the amazing responses that we've gotten. I think even one of your aunties, like Auntie Pauline's called a couple of times and we've talked to her. Like it's, it's been, it's been a really, really, really awesome, uh, uh, time, um, to see just how everybody's so like happy for you. You know what I'm saying? They're just, they're, they're, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, another thing with family we touched on last year was setting boundaries and just kind of dealing with in-laws. Um, I think last year we pretty much were like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know if we've done like the best job at setting boundaries. You know, we were like in our first year, um, I would say, no, I don't think no couple is like super comfortable with setting boundaries and not like in a bad way. You know what I mean? It's just like different things work for different families. Like, you know what I mean? And so, and that's kind of, that can make you uncomfortable just because you, you were born into a family that kind of had its own, um, things on its own traditions, its own, um, just components. And as you get older, you know, you kind of take the meat and throw out the bones and you, create your own life and you decide what you want to keep and what you don't or it's even some new things that you want to bring to the table and so um boundaries present themselves when those things occur so and and they don't have to be bad things at all but I think this year we've done a lot better in in knowing how to um set boundaries and how to do so um in um grace and love yeah I mean um I mean naturally Boundaries are something that you just have to set in general. Um, COVID definitely uh, was a factor <laughs> this time around since we had our baby during the quarantines and stuff like that. But, like, I just think in general, like, it's just something that you have to set your rules. You know, this is what I um, want for my child. This is what I want for our family. And we're just going to we're, we're going to make sure that... Um, we we adhere to these things and um in love we're also going to you know um ask that other people um ask that other people uh respect those boundaries yeah and i want to um just point out here that um yes we did have a baby and yes a lot of things have changed but our the boundaries are not specific to our child like it's like it's just boundaries all around um, you know, our friendship bonds, they're not specific to, you know, like us having a baby. It's just like us bonding in general. And um, we're going to talk a lot more about just parenting and how that has changed a lot of dynamics. But, um, you know, we've talked a lot about baby and these points just because, you know, it's kind of the new thing, new shiny thing in our lives. Um, but um, I did want to mention that um, everything that we are mentioning right now um includes our child but it also includes us as well as just husband and wife right right so the third point um is god's grace in our marriage um um year two in comparison to year one i think that um year one it's so funny because Um, we dated each other for a pretty long time, longer than we probably would have wanted to. Um, 
and longer than probably other people would have wanted us to as well. But um, we dated each other for a long time, so naturally you feel like you know, well, when we get married, it's going to be fine. Like, we know each other, and, um, you know, marriage does change things. You know, you're getting to know each other in a covenant setting, you know, living with one another, just seeing um, who each other are. And not only that, but I think the safety of marriage just makes people become more... Um, vulnerable and that vulnerability um can manifest itself in many ways and so I think that God's really God's hand was really on our marriage because year two was just night and day to year one. Oh yeah absolutely you know like just even just the way that we would um handle disagreements between one another um uh Row would show me just tremendous levels of grace. Um, I was definitely, I could definitely say I was more um, open to hearing and, and just f- fully hearing out her fleshed out, you know, views on things uh, on various on various different topics. And it just allows us, because whenever she feels like she is really truly being listened to, um, whenever, you know, I feel as though like, okay, um, there's not as much friction in the house. It just makes things run a lot smoother. And and that's what we just, we were able to experience this year. It was really, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I would say that there are a lot of character flaws that the both of us had in year one that we are no longer char- characterized by. Like, um... And it's only been a year, so I'm not saying, like, we are, like, completely delivered from, you know, things God sanctifies us over time. But, like, I can say without the shadow of a doubt, there are clear character characteristics characteristics that we had that just no longer define us. It's something that may that may come every now and then. But there are definitely fewer and farther between. Like mm-hmm. if you if you're talking if you haven't talked to us in over a year, you would probably meet us and see two different people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just you know, just the the just the ability to I think honestly the ability to tame the tongue is something that changes people's personalities altogether. Um, that's something I've definitely been working on. I know Rochelle's been working on it too. And uh, it just really helps. It really helps. It becomes, um, it becomes very, very. Uh, it it brings just a different dynamic to the relationships that you have with other people. Yeah, and so as a result, you love each other well. You know, you love each other better. Um, I think that's exactly what we did. Like Sam said, we showed each other a lot of grace. Um, we didn't need to be right as much as we wanted, as we had to be in year one. Right. Um, and it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing, um, which kind of leads us into um, our point just about like millennials out there, um, and how you know being self centered, and just our self centered culture, um, it makes for a bad marriage or just a marriage with a lot of tension in it because your yeah. focus isn't Christ and it's not your spouse, it's you. Yeah, I mean, and and in the in the. Yeah, when you when self-centered marriages, self being self-centered in marriage, it crushes your marriage. And um I mean, 
everybody they they love to claim that they're humble, but everybody's ego is bigger than the room. That's just that's what it comes down to. Everybody's ego is bigger than the room, and the sooner you admit that, and the sooner you're ready ready to submit that to Christ, then that's the point at which you know I see marriages that flourish. Um, it's 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 when you and 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 we're not saying that you um because sometimes you know the, the the tendency is to say okay well if I'm not gonna make my marriage about me I'm gonna make my marriage about my spouse or I'm gonna make my marriage about my my uh yeah. child um even so uh those are not the answers either uh center it around God because um if you center around God you actually get to maintain all those uh relationships that you cherish so much those um. That you know, parenthood between you and your child, the the spousal relationship between you and your you and your uh your significant other, and um, that's that to me is what we really got out of you know year number two, with regards to uh staying away from being self centered. Yep, um, four trusting your spouse to be your mirror. Um, Sam talked about this a little bit earlier, but yeah, we. Um, I would say that we were more receptive to just the thoughts of one another or just constructive criticism um, and just we listen to each other more. Yeah, I mean, um, just to reiterate, uh, I know for myself, definitely. I know Rochelle had to sit down and listen to me uh, give critiques on her, too. Um, but we were both it wasn't it didn't it didn't gristle us as much as it used to. Because these conversations didn't go well in the first year, it was. You said what? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think, and I think you can do that when you realize that you're both on the same team. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the tr- it's kind of like what the what the actual topic of number four is, which is trust, trusting your spouse because we trust each other now more than ever, um, with with our lives. Even you know what I'm saying we've we've made we we got plans, y'all, and. Those plans, in order for us to make those plans, it took it took a lot of trust, a lot of just um, trust building, and and realizing, okay, this person has really got my back, and we're here, we're in this, we're in this for life. Yeah, I remember one of the things that Sam said to me that just really made me smile. Um, was he was just like. Um, something like, you know, like you're my best friend because like, you know, you are one of the only people who have just always been there. Yeah. And so, um, I want that to continue. Like, you know, I hope that I can continue to do that, um, as we progress in our marriage for, you know, years and years to come. I think loyalty was probably one of my biggest things this year. When it comes to our marriage, like loyalty was so big. It's spreading to so many other things too. It's spreading to friendships as well. Like loyalty is probably something that's gonna stick with me for a while. And and it started between me and you. Right. Yeah. Okay. So our fifth point. We've talked about it in this podcast a lot. So let's just go ahead and rip the band aid. Split off. it all spit it all out. Um, becoming parents. Um, we became parents this year. So Well before uh, we became parents, we became pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah, well, I was about to say that <laughs> a whole the whole a lot of the year uh, of the year two was me being pregnant. We just had our baby oh, yeah. um seven weeks ago. So a lot of it was me being pregnant. Um 
I would say, first of all, that getting pregnant um, required us to step out on faith. Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was not easy. I mean, even the, the, the night, not the night, so the, um, the, the trip that we went on to Thailand. Yes. Um, when we were, we, we were deciding about whether or not we wanted to start trying or not. Yeah, so before going there, we made an agreement. <laughs> we made an agreement that on the last day before we left, um, we would try for a baby. And so we were like, yeah, yeah, cool, it's going to be great. And so, you know, that time comes, and I am just, like, bawling my eyes out. Yeah. Like, and I'm there, just, like... And there was, there was, like, a little bit of a culture clash there, right? Like, there was, like, in in Nigerian culture, it's, like, you get out of school, get married, have babies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, just just have babies. And... With Jamaican culture, it was more so like, take your time, you have time, just relax, you don't have to rush anything, right? Yeah. And we had those two opposing views, and we were like, just trying to wrestle with it, like, okay, are we, are we making the right decision here? Because yeah, above all things, have, you want to be wise, you know? Have we bonded enough before we, you know, start this this journey down parenthood? Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I remember that night, Rochelle cried that night, and um, I was, I was, I wasn't even sure whether or not we were going in the right direction, um, personally, but we, we, we stepped forward on faith and we, we did our thing. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely at least one part of it with regards to, um, just being scared to get pregnant. And then like, even through the pregnancy, that was a fun time, right? Like, um, Rochelle got pampered. I got to Put Rochelle's shoes on in the morning. Help I mean, her get I up out of chair. Could chairs. put them on any other way. Yeah, it was fun. It was that was fun. Functionality, really, <laughs> not pampering. I couldn't put them on, but um, yeah, um, that was cool. That Helping was a fun her time. Helping nausea in the first trimester. It was a little bit of nausea, right? Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of throwing up and hospital visits and. Oh yeah, man. In the beginning and in the end. Yeah, so. towards the end, like things started flaring up a little bit. You know, blood pressure started spiking sometimes, and yeah. But she, uh, she was a trooper. I mean, if there's one thing I tell you, Rochelle, she didn't complain a lot at all during this, uh, during this whole thing, and I was very, very surprised at her toughness through it all, because. Rochelle's also a very girly girl, so I thought she was going to be, like, crying through the whole thing. Just, like, you know, at every little thing that made her discomfort, brought her discomfort. But she didn't really, she wasn't really, like, a crier like that. She really did a good job. She wasn't, like, emotionally overwhelmed too much. Yeah. Nah. Um, yeah. Um, I think becoming parents has definitely... Um, humbled us in the aspect of just like serving someone um just the joy in that and then also just trusting the lord in things um you know even something as simple as like your baby crying and you kind of having to figure out what's wrong and um you have to trust god in that sometimes yeah you gotta trust god in it and then also i mean even it's it's crazy because I look at her and I say to myself, God in a spiritual way was looking at me like that. Like I was like this spiritual baby, didn't know what I needed, 
just grabbing on to any and everything that I could find. Um, you know, probably throwing tantrums. You know, I, and I, I just remember those days. I remember when I was confused about like you know what it was that that I needed from the Lord and that and 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 how I needed to read His Word and stuff like that. And then as you get older and more mature in Christ, you know what I'm saying. Things just start to make more sense, but like even as we're doing these things with with um Hillary now, like we like it started off very chaotic. We were just feeding her whenever she needed to be fed, and then like we gradually eased her into a schedule, and that schedule had smaller increments of time in which we had to just feed her, and it was like I mean we thought we would never get sleep, and then gradually even now she started to sleep even longer and longer and longer at night and you just seeing her mature you seeing her like even now we're saying to ourselves wow she's growing up too fast mm-hmm. and these t- these moments are moments that you get to cherish and just the same way that we love her we know that God loves her even more and we know that God loves us even more than we love each other so it's been it's been quite a quite a journey yeah i'd say that parenting has taught me overall that What's just a bigger picture and what's really important. Um, I think, like I say this these days, it's like, I don't have time. <laughs> like, I don't have time for anything that's not, that's not the right thing to have your mind and heart fixed on. Like, and sometimes, you know, that that's not, that's not to say that, you know, I do everything perfectly, but I'm just tunnel vision. Like, I don't have the time or the desire um, to not do anything that is not pleasing unto the Lord and is not serving my family. Um, I, I I just ain't got time. Yeah, man. Most definitely. And, uh, you know, even uh, from that, it's it's more so like, not only do you not have time, you want to focus on the positive things. You want to focus on being very optimistic, which kind of segues us into our next uh, point, which is, um, you know, operating in optimism. And even in there, we still have a lot of work to do, but, um, you know, we're so confident that where our marriage is going to go is going to be leaps and bounds even beyond next year than it, than it is right now. Yeah, um, I think it's very important to be optimistic, and um, sometimes in the years that are not so fun, um, you can't see the optimism, but God is just so gracious and so faithful um, that He His hand is in your marriage. Like, if you are a millennial um, married couple listening to this, um, just know that. Like, try to operate in optimism, um, and when you can't, um, just remember that it is a possibility because that will, you know, just kind of see you through. And again, all the other things that we said considered like having counsel by older couples and all that, all that jazz, um, will just help you to do that. Um, and so, yeah, man, um, very, very confident in where our marriage is going to go. Um, if we, if it was anything, if the future years are anything like they were this year, um, it's going to be great. Um, We've learned a lot, um, and I think that's going to be things going to be good. Yeah, we're trying our best to give you guys realistic expectations throughout this whole thing. I mean, optimism is is the balance uh, that we're giving you along with the realism. 
because you don't want to lose the positivity, right? You know what I'm saying? Rochelle, Rochelle and I are still very hopeful, amen? But, like, at the same time, we, we're, we're, we're realistic, and we don't want to let you guys, you know, lead anyone on into that, you know, marriage is just easy fluff and rainbows. Um, it, it right. takes work. It takes work, and we're, we're very, very um, optimistic about the results that we've gotten so far from the work that we've put in. Yeah, and just to um, add to that, um, I think that... Um, now, we definitely believe in protecting your marriage and being discreet. But there's also an aspect to where, you know, couples look at anything flawed in their marriage as an attack on them, as an attack on who they are, as an attack on what their marriage is. And I think that if we just simplify it um, and just call it what it is, and it's just two people from two different walks of life, Mm -hmm. trying to do life with one another, and there can only be one decision (laughs) in the the different circumstances. Right. Like, we can only go to one restaurant, Mm -hmm. and you want to go here, and I want to go here. Mm -hmm. So we have to choose one. That's literally what marriage is. Yeah. Um, And and so it's... It's dying to self. And and so it's, it's... if when you have things in your marriage that kind of come up that aren't the best things, um, millennials, we, millennials, we feel like we have to hide that because it's an attack on us, but it's not, it's just literally who, which restaurant are we choosing? Yeah. That's all it is. And, um, again, like I said, I do agree in protecting your marriage. I do agree in discretion. You'll never hear us come on here and talk about just the details of all of our just riffraffs, right? Um, but in the same breath, it is very important to Sam and I to, you know, share the not-so-pleasant moments in a discreet and protective way um, so that we are not contributing to the other content creators out here that make it seem like marriage is just rainbows and daisies because what happens is you millennials, they get married and then you get smacked in the face and you start to doubt God or you start to, you start to not understand sanctification or you start to forget that we are flawed sinners, which is completely against, you know, the reason God came here to save in the first place. Right. And so um I feel like I feel like I would be doing millennials a disservice if I acted in a way that God doesn't even require me to act. He doesn't require me to act perfect. So I don't have to portray a perfect marriage. Right. And at the same time I don't have to give all the juicy tidbits that cause, you know, that tempt people towards gossip and slander and things like that either. Correct. But yeah, you're doing, you're, you're, you're finding, we're striking the healthy balance between the both. And, uh, hopefully you guys can benefit from it, you know? And, uh, with that said, we have some, uh, we have some questions that were, uh, sent to us if you want to. Yeah. Um, so, um, this year we said we wanted to do a Q and a, um, from you guys after the end of the podcast. And we got two questions. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read them, and we'll try to answer them the best that we can. Okay. So the first one says, I think I'm done with my marriage. Is therapy worth it? So, when we first got this question... Um, I felt unqualified to answer it, really. Yeah, and, 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 and 
as I don't feel necessarily qualified either, but I at the same time I there there are some key things that I do note. And uh, the first key thing I noticed is that you actually want to do therapy. Um, I'm assuming from the um, from the question that maybe your spouse might want to as well, but whether whether that is the case or not, it is a good sign that you're actually wanting to do therapy as opposed to throw the whole thing away. Um, when it comes down to this uh, to to getting therapy. Uh, one thing that Rochelle and I definitely recommend is finding, and this this means whether this be an anonymous person or I mean not an anonymous person, but a person that is neutral to both sides, that neither of you knows, or a person that knows the both of you and is willing to let both of you hash it out. Un- so that, in an unbi- in an unbiased yeah in way. an unbiased way, so um. I, I we definitely recommend you get counseling, you get therapy. Um uh preferably I guess well I guess it, I, I'm not going to say preferably because I think there are bad therapists out there. I think there are some <laughs> therapists out there honestly whether it be a secular therapist or a biblical therapist those are going to be our two kind of categories that we talk about here. But like um there are bad therapists on both sides. Um you have secular therapists who really just honestly the techniques that that they use just they just aren't helpful, and then there are even uh, biblical therapists that literally just throw a Bible verse at you and say, "You now now go and be happy," and it's like, yeah, no, or, that doesn't work. Or they try to give you some like behavior management thing, like if you just do this and change this, then your marriage will be better. And it's like, yeah, it works, but but you're not gonna be able to. Per- like hit it on the nail and do it right yeah. every time. And so you need someone who's going to push you to Christ and to rest in Christ. Um, and you know how to do that practically, um, in the day to days of marriage, in the day to days of marriage and dynamically be able to talk to the both of you, like, and just like put the problem out on the table. Like, okay, this, when this happens, this causes this, spouse to feel this way right like that all needs to be hashed out like both of you and 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 one thing we also said when we were when we were um discussing this with one another was that um pray for humility um of your of your heart of your mouth and of your ears like you want to be able to hear your spouse and what it is that their grievances are against you you also want to be able to not only hear them, but graciously communicate your own grievances that you have against them. Um, that way that you both can get this out without shutting each other down. Because oftentimes, I mean, in the beginning of our marriage, that happened all the time. We would literally start arguing and we wouldn't be gracious with our speech. And it would just like, okay, within within five Ten minutes of the conversation, we're just in our own corners, and we're just like, okay, I don't want to talk to you about it. Yeah, we didn't know how to be good and angry. Right, good and angry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> reel it on in, girl. Reel it on in. All right. So, um, sorry, we're not we're not laughing at your situation. We're just yeah, but um, this is definitely something. Obviously, when it comes to the advice, we we definitely want you guys to uh, go to therapy. Please find a neutral party, um, whether it be someone who knows the both of you or someone who doesn't know either of you. Um, I think it will be it is a it is a very good step in the right direction. 
And also, we'll be praying for you. We are definitely going to be praying for you. We believe in the power of prayer, and we know that God can repair that marriage. Um, All right. So the second and last question is, um, any advice on a painful separation? Um, and, again, this is something that, you know, we have not experienced between each other, of course. I have experienced it, seeing it in my parents. Um, but I would say, the first thing is, um, it seems like separation has, has already taken place. But if it's just something that's on the table and it hasn't happened yet, we would kind of say what we said in the first, with the first question is, you know, try to um, be under some type of counsel. Um, if separation has occurred, it's kind of set in stone, it's done. Um, any advice on a painful separation, there's nothing that's going to make it less painful, right? Yeah. Um, you know, grieving is a thing and grieving is not a sin, you know, grieving is, is a season of life and, you have to know that even in the pain, God's hand is in that. Like, he is sovereign. Yeah. He's not surprised that what you're feeling is painful. Um, so what we would say is, you know, um, try to be encouraged by people around you. Have them cover you. Um, pray for you. Um, and in the meantime... Just put your feelings before the Lord and just say, hey, hey, God, I am struggling through this feeling. I am um, missing my spouse. I am, you know, regretful or I am not regretful. I don't know, but I'm in pain, Lord. Um, help me through this. Give me the strength and the peace um, to um, just keep push, on yeah, pushing push on. Forward, yeah. And so um, and he will comfort you. He will. Yeah. And, you know, kind of implied within that is that um, you're going to need community around you. Um, that will be friends and family, of course. I really recommend that uh, you um, reach out to fellow church members um, that can just help you through this. You know, um, over the weeks and months as you heal um, from these from this situation, um, uh, I, I'm hoping that there are church members that are calling you, checking on you, making sure you're good, inviting you out to different events, you know, and not just allowing you to kind of just stew in your emotions on your own. That is the worst. I've seen uh, church members, actually we've experienced that where there's a pain in our life and, um, you know, maybe we didn't hear from people that we wanted to hear from um, uh, during that time. Uh, but, but. I, I strongly recommend that if you're in a church that is not, you know, kind of surrounding you and giving you that love, that you find one that does. Um, because that's really what the purpose of that community is for. Therefore, you know, um, you know, coming for uh, and, and, and coming to the aid of the widows, the orphans, you know, those people who are who are doing who are suffering, we're called to come alongside them and help them. And uh, this is this is that time which you're going to need that family. Yep. Well, alrighty, guys, that is it. Um, thank you guys for listening to year two of our podcast um, Uno, anniversary. Dose. Yeah. Um, we can't wait to come back for year three and tell you how that was as well. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and go ahead and share this to someone that you think this will bless. See you next time, guys. Bye. God bless.